If you have your Bibles, we'll be in Ephesians chapter 3. I missed you all last week. Thank you for your prayers, for allowing us to go back to Texas uh, for a few days uh, for a funeral. I'm grateful for our staff, uh, James, who, who kind of filled in while I was gone and kind of dropped that on them last minute, and Drew had a great message, and James, I'm sure, did a great job as well. I hope to not go back there for a while, uh, especially for another funeral. All right, if you have your Bibles, Ephesians 3, we're going to do two verses today as opposed to the one that we initially had planned, uh, but we'll start here in verse 12 here in just a minute. Uh, when I was in college, I was part of a ministry uh, called BSM that was on campus, and <clears throat> one year they asked me to be a part of uh, a service project they, they wanted uh, to do, and so they asked me to take the lead on that, and uh, once I did, I wanted to make sure that I... Uh, as I started to outline a plan, I, I realized that I wanted the school to be involved to, in order to help us. So I tried to schedule a meeting with the dean. Now, I understand that people are busy, but, but I kept getting put off. I kept getting rescheduled. In my opinion, it shouldn't be that hard to get 20 minutes of somebody's time. Uh, but nonetheless, weeks went by, and, and I kept getting rescheduled uh, over and over. So, so I had to take matters into my own hands. And it, it was homecoming week, and our, and our university had, had just purchased a whole bunch of flags uh, to hang around campus, similar to what North Scott does uh, on game days. Now, I don't want to condone or encourage my next steps, but understand that I felt like this was my only option. So me and a friend of mine waited until it was dark, and we drove around campus and stole well over 50 flags that were hanging around campus. It, it was quite a feat uh, because they were not just, uh, you know, uh, we had to pull up a pickup and put a ladder in the pickup to be able to get up that high. Uh, anyway, a couple days later when we realized that no one knew where the flags went, I sent an email to the dean telling her that I had information regarding the flags. Guess what? I got a meeting with her that day. And then I proceeded to ask her for help for our service project. Now, of course, she wasn't happy about this, but desperate times call for desperate measures. All right, don't forget that. If you were to go to Hardin-Simmons now during homecoming week, you would see the flags that were in my possession for a short time, but you will also see that they now have locks on them where you cannot get them off. (laughs) It's one of those lasting impressions I had. Anyway, I think uh, at times when, when we think about God, we, we don't understand that we don't have to make an appointment with Him. We, we don't have to wait until we mess up before we approach Him. Ephesians 3.12 reads, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in Him. I want you to think of that boldness as a little kid walking into your bathroom unannounced. That, that is a boldness. They, they will walk in there with boldness and confidence, don't they? They don't need to knock. They don't care what you're doing. It doesn't matter how many times you fall to the ground and hide while you're changing. They're, they're walking into that room with some authority. But as they get older, they, they, they learn to knock, don't they? They learn that it's not appropriate to stick their fingers underneath the door. They, they know when not to bother you. And so that boldness kind of goes away. 
Now they knock or they just flat out don't bother you. As my kids have gotten older, we have to go out and find them because they've locked themselves in their room. As we get older and as we begin to understand the Lord more, we should be more bold and more confident as we approach God. We, we don't need to knock. There, there isn't certain times that He doesn't want to be bothered. Now, I have known people who, who will hide from God in a sense until He gives them a sign. Until He comes and, and knocks on their door. That, that, that isn't how it should work. Because of Jesus, you just knock the door down. In our passage here in Ephesians, that word translated boldness is a word that indicates a formal introduction. A formal introduction into the presence of a king. In much the same way that not just anyone can, can approach the president of the United States. In the ancient world, no one could enter into the presence of the king unless they had been summoned and were brought into the presence of the king by one of his court officials. Perhaps you remember the story of Esther in the Old Testament. After she had learned of Haman's plot to kill the Jews, she, she couldn't just go into the king, uh, into his presence, and tell him the plan, even though she was the queen. She either had to wait until she was summoned by the king, or hope that if she chose to enter without being summoned, that the king would hold out his golden scepter. Because if he didn't uh, hold out his golden scepter, she would be killed. Now, fortunately, because of God's providence, the king did hold out his golden scepter when Esther took the risk of entering into his presence without being summoned. For, for those of us who are God's children, Jesus serves as our introducer who escorts us into the presence of the king. And he's the only one who has authority to do that. And, and just to make sure that we don't miss this principle, Paul ends verse 12 with one more reference to the fact that Jesus is the one who has gained access on our behalf. We have boldness, not because we're awesome, but because Jesus has made the introduction. And our faith in Jesus is all that we need. The golden scepter is constantly held out for us because Jesus made the introduction when you put your faith in him. Paul mentions where our confidence should come from in his letter to the church in Corinth. He says, such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. When was the last time that you busted down the door to get to the Lord. Confidence changes the situation, doesn't it? If you act like you know what you're doing, no one seems to stop you if you're confident enough. Am I right? Back in college, I took a trip with some friends of mine to California uh, one of my friends, his family had a beach house in Malibu, and so, and so we went to go spend a week there. Uh, while we were there, somehow we were able to acquire some tickets to American Idol. Now, I don't remember what number of season it was, but it was the one where Fantasia was the winner, whatever season that was. The reason I remember was because after the filming of the show... They have everyone escorted out by row. 
where we were seated in the auditorium allowed us the opportunity, uh, gave me an opportunity that I wasn't going to let slide by. So a couple of us stayed behind, and we went the opposite direction of where everyone else does. I just told my friends, I was like, just act like you're doing, nobody's going to stop us, right? <laughs> just, just, anyway. So we made our way to the front of the stage, we made our way onto the stage, and then we found cables, just like we have here, and we just started rolling those things up. Just started rolling them up, and, and, and once we had some cables, and they were all done, we, we, we actually started looking around to see somebody who actually worked there, who actually knew what they were doing, and we went up to them and be like, okay, where do, where do these go? And he said, well, just go in the back, behind the stage, there's a container there, just put them in there. So now we're backstage. So we go put the cables there, and we grab some other equipment, and then we go down the hallway. And we're just carrying stuff that has no idea of what we're doing. Long story short, we meet Fantasia. We meet Ryan Seacrest, who happens to be talking to Randy Jackson. Now, there's some pictures out there somewhere of this little endeavor, but this was before smartphones. And so they're printed somewhere. I'm not exactly sure where. But but walking in confidence gave us an experience that nobody else in that auditorium got. Walking in confidence gave us an experience that nobody else got. When it comes to the creator of the universe, Jesus gives us that confidence. We can boldly approach his throne. Hebrews chapter 4 tells us to boldly approach the throne of grace with confidence. When you do, when you approach it with confidence, you get to experience what a lot of people don't. He is approachable. He is gentle. He is always accepting because when he sees you, he sees his son. Be bold and confident in your relationship with the Lord. Next, once you are in God's presence, be yourself. Once you are in his presence, be yourself. When God first created Adam and Eve, they had access into the presence of God. And and, and even though we don't get a lot of details from the account in Genesis, there is every indication that they felt free uh, to be themselves in the presence of God. For instance, the Bible records that they were both naked and felt no shame. But when they sinned, everything changed. Because of their guilt, Adam and Eve ran. They hid from God. And from that moment forward, man's relationship with God was forever changed. Before Jesus, no one had continuous access to God. From time to time, God would choose to appear to leaders like Moses or the prophets. But but God decided when and where and how to do that. But even though no one had unrestricted access to God, God wanted to manifest himself And manifest his presence amongst the people. He chose to do that in the tabernacle. Later on, he chose to do that in the temple. But the reality is that isn't the case anymore. The the word translated here in Ephesians chapter 3 is a word that originally conveyed the idea of freedom of speech. What I think Paul means here is that we can approach God with confidence. And we can also have the freedom to speak openly with him. Occasionally... I am found in a situation where I don't feel the freedom to be myself. 
Have you ever seen the videos or, or maybe you've done it where the, the people are, are greeted by the Queen of England or I guess now the King of England? They have to bow or, or curtsy. There, there's all these rules that they have to follow in order to not be offensive uh, to, to the king or queen. Now, if you see the same people later on that day who just bowed and curtsied to the queen, uh, I, I guarantee you that they are not bowing to their friends when they greet one another. I, I doubt the wife will curtsy when her husband gets home from work. At least my wife doesn't. We... we we have to put on a different persona when we meet certain people. My, my sweet wife is constantly, not constantly, frequently, giving me the look and telling me, you can't say that. People might hear you. Like, Daniel, you need to stop talking. Like, she pretty frequently... The other day we're sitting at a baseball game, uh, which is what we do now uh, <laughs> all the time. And there was a five or six-year-old little boy uh, that would not sit down. He kept getting in my line of sight as I'm trying to watch the game. Now, I, I fully understand how difficult it is for a five or six-year-old little boy to sit still for a long period of time. Um, I understand because I have one and I, I get it. Uh, so I wasn't mad at anything. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't frustrated. I was just sim- simply stating the fact that I could not see because this kid kept getting up and down and moving all around. It's like, just go stand somewhere else, right? That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Cena kept telling me to stop mentioning it because it, his, his parents might get offended because they might hear you, right? Now, I wasn't saying anything offensive, but Cena knows that in our culture, it is possible that they could get mad and take offense that I couldn't see, right? And so, just one of those times I just had to keep my mouth shut. With, with God, with God, I can be myself. I, I don't have to hide my feelings, I don't have to watch what I say in regards to offending him. When I'm angry at him, I let him know that. When I'm sad or joyful or frustrated, I don't hold any punches. When I'm at a funeral for a 35-year-old and I see her 5-year-old daughter sobbing in her daddy's arms and I have all these kinds of questions to, to God is, why would you allow this to happen? He already knows them. He already knows my thoughts. He already, so, so I just give them to him because I know that he can handle it. Be yourself before God. You don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to put on a fancy dress or suit. Just be yourself in your stained sweatpants and your team building exercise 1999 t-shirt. There's so much freedom in that. So much peace. Be yourself. Now, maybe other people can't handle it. Maybe other people can't handle who you are. But God can. Be yourself. Finally, we learn from verse 13 that God will use your suffering. He will use your suffering. The word translated sufferings indicates something that is under extreme pressure. So Paul is not describing some minor problems here. He is writing about the kinds of troubles that press against us, that weigh on us. 
this morning, many of you potentially may be experiencing that kind of suffering in your life right now. For some of you, it may be some physical affliction where you're in constant pain. You're not able to do the things you once did. For some of you, it might be the crushing emotional stress of a broken relationship or the unending pressure of a stressful job. I know that I can't even begin to describe this morning all the different types of crushing suffering that you might be going through right now. But suffering reveals what's inside of us. When, when you put metal under immense heat where it melts, all the impurities come to the surface. They're easily scraped off. When you are under intense pressure, what comes out a lot of times is what needs to be removed from your life. Every time I think I've grown in patience, where I feel like I'm nailing patience, I am reminded that I still have a long way to go once I'm put in a stressful situation. That still comes up in me at times, and the Lord has to deal with it. So, so take your suffering or take your times of extreme pressure to realize that God is trying to remove some of the impurities in your life. He's trying to sanctify you. Take that as an opportunity to confess to, to help, to, to get help from somebody, to draw near to his throne so that you can find healing. Paul saw his suffering as a way that, that God works. He, he says in Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 12, he says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to, and to all the rest that my imprison, uh, imprisonment is for in Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. How cool is that? Maybe a good question to ask yourself, to ask God, is what is God trying to do through my suffering? Oftentimes we suffer for the benefit of others. My friend uh, Alyssa passed away last week. And I don't know why her little girl and her husband have to suffer right now. But I do know that at her service, the gospel was preached. I do know that Ryan is standing firm in his faith as a testimony of the goodness of God. I do know Alyssa well enough to know that if one person came to faith because of her accident, she would say it was worth it. Our friend Pam, who many of you met a couple weeks ago, Uh, lost her 16-year-old son in a car accident a few years ago. Pam and her husband, Quentin, are such a testimony to the goodness of God that there is no doubt in my mind that through their suffering, there have been lives changed. We were talking in our living room uh, last week or whatever uh, about the joy that she feels knowing that that she will see people in heaven that are there because of the death of her son. That, that is an eternal perspective. Paul says in Romans chapter 8 that our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared to our future glory. There, there's a clear connection here that it's between God's glory and the future glory that, that will be experienced by all of God's children. 
Paul writes that it is God's glory that will one day be revealed in us. That sufferings we, we go through are just a part of the process. In, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul writes that our unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory. We are able to reflect the glory of the Lord because we have unrestricted access into his presence through Jesus. Right now we are being transformed. The, the stage that all of us are in is we are being transformed into the likeness with ever-increasing glory. It's the process of sanctification. And, and that process is leading to the day when we will experience the glory of God in full. That will be glorification. Because it is in the sanctification where suffering happens and high stressful things happen and the immense weight happens. A lot of times we wish we could skip that part. We, we wish we could just get to the glorification part, right? But that's not how God has chosen to work. Last week, last week while we were gone in Texas, we, there was a storm here, right? And there was, I saw numerous pictures of a double rainbow that followed that storm. That rainbow, though, as beautiful as it was, came with a price, didn't it? There was some hail damage. There was some more flooding. There was trees falling down. The key to enjoying the rain is to look at it as part of the process of producing that rainbow. Most of us really don't like to suffer either. But the key to suffering, the key to dealing with your suffering is to view it as part of God's eternal plan. We need to view our troubles as God's work in our lives and in the lives of others so that we can share in his glory. Moms, you you have a hard job, a thankless job a lot of times. Times where you were suffering and doubting if you were doing things right. The rainbow is coming if you will continually and boldly approach the throne of grace. When, when you were frustrated, when you were at the end of your rope, when you were broken, boldly and confidently knock down the door just like your five-year-old does when he's looking for you. That's how we approach the Lord. If there has been anything that has caused me to seek after the Lord more, it would be having children. There are so many unknowns. So, so many times that I begin to doubt that, that are we doing the right things? I am so grateful that, that we have God who will guide us and lead us. The rainbow's coming. The rainbow's coming. So if you're in the midst of intense pressure right now, if you're in the midst of some sort of suffering, whether it be physical or emotional, my encouragement to you is to boldly approach the throne of grace. Confidently understand that he hears you and he's near because that's where you'll find peace. I'm going to pray for us and then we'll sing one more song. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your presence in this place.
I pray, God, that as we sing, I pray that you'll just minister to our hearts. I pray that your spirit will just dwell right here at this altar. I pray, God, that you give us a confidence to approach you. Help us understand that you accept us just as we are. It's not some future version of us, but you accept us just as we are. And so, God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he has made the way for us to be able to even be in your presence. And so, Father, this morning I pray that that you will give us all a boldness, that you will give us a confidence to just storm into your presence right now. And I pray, God, that you will minister to our hearts. I pray, God, that you speak. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to encourage you this morning. I'm going to encourage you to, to, to come boldly into his presence. doesn't say to be timid about it. Boldly, humbly. So I'm going to ask you, however you need to respond, if that's getting on your knees at your seat, or if that's coming to this altar, let's boldly come into his presence and see what he does. There's peace there and healing there. All right? That's all you...